Hi, I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson from South Park Church. Welcome to Worship Today. We continue in our series called Turning Pages, in which we've been reading books. We've been reading books in the Bible, books outside of the Bible, and the whole goal is to find out how God is speaking to us in, in all of those pages, and that we might learn something and help us turn a page in our life. What's the next page that God has for us? What's the next chapter in our life? How can we learn from God, both in Scripture and in, in, in books outside of Scripture, that God's speaking to us? That's been a fun adventure. And one of the neat things has been that other churches have, have participated with us from uh, the Charlotte community. Other pastors have come in and, and brought some really powerful messages to us from different books. And so I'm excited today to say that we're also welcoming another community worshiping with us for the message today. And that is uh, the retirement community uh, in Matthews, North Carolina, right here near us in Charlotte, uh, and it's Plantation Estates. And I just want to say hello to everyone from Plantation Estates. I know some of you are actually members of our church, and so that's really cool. You kind of get to experience this twice, but uh, uh, the chaplain there, Matthew Dinkins, has been just gracious to invite me to help uh, lead worship and to deliver the message today. And so just thanks to everyone, wherever you are today, uh, tuning in and worshiping with us. And um, just a lot going on. Uh, today in our church, we're celebrating uh, promotion of our children into our children's ministry. And some of our children are moving up from children's ministry into student ministry. Uh, also this week, uh, school starts. So just a lot of exciting things for our young people and their families, for our children, for our grandchildren. And uh, just a lot of things to celebrate and, and really deal with today. And uh, I'm excited about today's book because it's going to uh, be something you probably, you might not have read. I hadn't read it either, but I was familiar with the character. And this is a, a character that we probably all know and, and probably feel comfortable with and maybe like or love. And, and we're going to find out some of the rest of, of his story. And that's one neat thing about books is, is sometimes we'll meet characters and then authors were later write additional works that either tell us more of their backstory or tell us what happened to them. Uh, in the book Wicked, which is also a Broadway play, we learn more about the Wicked Witch uh, who was in The Wizard of Oz. And, and that opened up a whole bunch of books that were written about Wizard of Oz characters. J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter series, later wrote a play about Harry and uh, and the other friends of his that, that grew up and what they look like as adults. And so today we're going to kind of do that. And we're going to, we're going to, Pick up the story of a beloved character that you know as Humpty Dumpty. Right? The egg that was on the wall that fell off. Right? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. And This is probably some political uh, nursery rhyme talking about England in the 1600s, the 1700s. Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland in the sequel to that book, in the 1700s, Drew Humpty Dumpty is an egg. And so that's where we kind of get the idea that Humpty Dumpty was an egg. And uh, so today we're going to read a children's book about Humpty Dumpty, and it's called After the Fall. And you can see that here, and that is by Dan uh, Santat. And it's a great book. I didn't know about it until this series, and I was just doing some research, and it looked like a fun book. And uh, I've read it. Uh, my third grader, Nathan, loves it, and it's just awesome. And we're going to look at some of that today. And uh, if you're not into Humpty Dumpty or you think it's childish, just, just hang on and give it a chance because what we're talking about today is what happens when we get knocked down or when we fall down, when, when life is tough, how do we respond to that? And this book and some scripture in the Bible today 
are going to help us think through when we fall down or when we get knocked down, are we going to stay down or are we going to stand back up? So let me begin by just reading uh, the first page of this book, After the Fall, about Humpty Dumpty. My name is Humpty Dumpty. This was my favorite spot high up on the wall. I know it's an odd place for an egg to be, but I love being close to the birds. Then one day I fell. I'm sort of famous for that part. Folks called it the Great Fall, which sounds a little grand. It was just an accident, but it changed my life. There's the wall of Humpty Dumpty. Now, we're not eggs, obviously, and maybe we've fallen off a wall, I don't know. Maybe not. But I do know that we all know what it's like to fall down. We all know what it's like to be pushed in. I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about when life kind of beats up on us. And we've experienced a lot of that in 2020, haven't we? We've had the international pandemic that we're still dealing with, with the coronavirus that's killing people, and it's changed the entire way that we live our lives. Some of us, we've lost our jobs. Some of us, we've lost our income. We're seeing a hugely diminished income in the midst of that. We're wrestling with racial injustice in, in America and just a lot of protest about that and and that's just a lot of pain that we're wrestling with. And a lot of us feel knocked down because of our skin color. Uh, so we also know that we've had hurricanes and we've had a, an earthquake. We've had tornadoes. We've had fires. We've even had locusts come over from Africa. We've had murder hornets come into uh, the western part of the U.S. And just when you think you've seen everything in 2020, something else happens. And it's, it's kind of like living in the Old Testament with some of the plagues on Egypt or something like that. And in addition to that, we also have, you know, other everyday pain where we get knocked down from life or from other people or we fall down and for some of us, we've received a, a rough, terrible diagnosis about our health. For some of us, we have loved someone else and, and they've betrayed us or they've broken up with us and it feels like they've ripped our heart out and jumped up and down all over. We'll never trust anyone with our heart again. You know, some of us are struggling financially. Some of us are struggling in relationships. Some of us are hurting for our grandchildren or, or we have cabin fever because we've been locked up so long because of COVID-19. Some of us are unsure about our future and uh, all kinds of things that just keep beating us down. Some of us didn't get in the college of our choice, and some of us didn't make the team. And So I think we all know on some level what it's like to fall down or to get knocked down. And, and then the question becomes, what are we going to do about it? Are we the kind of folks, when we get knocked down, we stay down, or do we somehow find a way to get back up? And whatever happened to Humpty Dumpty? I can't wait to explore that with you. We're going to do that in just a few minutes. But in your life right now, if you've been knocked down or, or fallen down and, you, and you're looking for a way to find, to stand back up and get back into life, get back into the game, well, then you're in the right place. And I hope you'll stick with us because that's what we're talking about. In addition to that, we're, we're starting school again this week in Mecklenburg County here in Charlotte where South Park Church is. And, and it's happening all around North Carolina, really all around the United States. And there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of fear and in Mecklenburg County, it's basically going to be remote learning uh, because of COVID-19. And, and that means that there's a lot of extra pressure on the administration and teachers to figure out who has computers and, and how am I going to film my lessons and you know track attendance and, and be a great teacher or administrator to all kinds of students who some of them might not be able to eat because they're not coming to school. They can't afford it. They might not have a computer, might not have internet. Some might have parents at home. Some might not. Some might have grandparents at home. Some might not. 
right? And will my child really learn something? And how can I balance my, my work life and, with my child's uh, academic life? I, I'm not a trained teacher, and I don't know if I'm going to have the time. I might work away from my home. And so, right, are they really going to learn? Are they going to you know, develop socially as they should? They're supposed to be around other kids right now at their age. And so there's a lot. And it feels kind of like, because I have children, seventh grade, third grade, right? we haven't, you know, as, as, a, as a county, we haven't even started back school and it feels like we've already been knocked down, right? Teachers, administrators, parents, students. And so this is a stressful time right now. Uh, in our own house, we're feeling that. And our boys, again, seventh grade, third grade, both boys, Luke and Nathan, and uh, Laura and I have, uh, been with them over the last three weeks in school because they're in a charter school. It meets year round. And so we've done remote now for three weeks and it's hard and it's harder than it was at the end of last year because now the grades count. At the end of last year when we were doing remote, grades didn't count, but now they do. And so we're running into some challenges. It's, it's hard to keep the boys focused. It's hard to keep them from distracting each other. It's hard to have a, a home kind of uh, boundaries and routine and it's hard to, you know, juggle like I'm working full time and, and they're home. Laura's home to help them uh, and she's a teacher, but sometimes her own children don't want to be taught by their mother. And so that's a challenging thing. And, and she feels torn between them. One needs her now, one needs her at the same time. And we've been trying to navigate the technology. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Our boys have done their assignments, they hit submit and it won't submit. And we get an email that, you hadn't turned in your assignment. We're like, we did turn in the assignment. Well, no, you didn't. And it's just frustrating. Like Luke was taking a test early on and he got the answers right, but the teacher didn't enter in the answers wrong. And so he got a bad grade and had to, you know, let her know, hey, you know, what's going on here? And and the teachers I know are struggling to do their best, right? To teach remotely. How challenging is that for tons of students that are in different you know, areas academically and in different home situations and different computer situations and internet situations. And so it's just been extremely difficult. And it feels again, like we've been knocked down. And I just wanna to say to teachers and administrators, thank you so much for what you're doing. You earn every dollar that you make. And I know that you're way underpaid and that's just absolutely a crime. I just can't imagine the stress you're under to do remote ministry. And, uh, well, ministry, it is ministry, but remote teaching and where you are, it's just challenging. And so just know that we support you and that we're praying for you and are pulling for you. And like, again, in, in my own life, like Laura and I, uh, a week from now, our boys are going to start to go back in person for a week and then they'll be remote for a week. And so we have a lot of mixed feelings about that. We have a lot of stress and anxiety over that. We also have some hope in that. Uh, it's just hard. And so if, if you have a child or a grandchild, or you are a student or a teacher or a parent, right, if you feel like you've been knocked down and this, the year hasn't started, you, you're not alone in that. But hang on, because it's going to be okay. So hang on and let's look at, again, some books. Turn some pages and see where hope is when we feel like We've been knocked down or we've fallen down and we just don't know that we have the strength to get back up. So we'll look at the Bible today as well as Humpty Dumpty. We're going to look at a man named Paul who was a first century pastor in the Mediterranean area of the world. And he's founded a lot of churches. And when he was not at a specific church, he'd write them a letter to encourage them, teach them. And a lot of those letters are now most of the New Testament. And so today Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, which is in Greece. 
And he's talking about his own experience of being knocked down. And it's amazing to see how resilient Paul is. And so let's check this out. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 28. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. So uh, what Paul's talking about here is there were some Christians who, who came out of the Jewish faith, which is Jesus was Jewish, the disciples were Jewish, Christianity came out of the Jewish faith. Uh, but there are some Christians now who say to be Christian, you also have to be Jewish and follow all the religious laws, over 600 religious laws. And Paul's saying, no, you don't have to do all those things. you got to have faith in Jesus. And so they, they were at odds with each other. And in this case, they got Paul and they tortured him. And they whipped him 39 times, uh, five different times, right? So 39 times five. So that's a lot, almost you know, what 200 uh, times that he's been whipped. So that's tough. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Right? Cue the Jaws music theme there. Da -da -da. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So Paul knows what it's like to get knocked down. He also didn't say, but it did happen to him, he's been snake-bitten. He's been thrown into prison and, and he's going to die because of his faith. Right? Paul faces all of this stuff. He got knocked down time and time again because of his faith in Jesus and because of his message about Jesus. And so in Paul's case, it's specifically, he gets knocked down. He gets pushed down because he shares the good news of Jesus. And it's amazing to see how he gets back up again and again. I think I have stress in my life as a 21st century pastor. I don't know stress like Paul knows. I've not been shipwrecked or snake bitten or thrown into prison or beaten up or whipped because of my job as a pastor. And so, right, to see him do that, you know, we ask the question, well, why did he keep getting back up? You know, why did he just quit? And, and I think we, we, we could attribute that certainly to his faith in his relationship to Jesus. And I think we, we learn a lot about Paul when we go back earlier in his life to when he was known as Saul and he was a Jewish religious leader. And when Christianity came out of Judaism, he didn't think it was right. He thought it was heresy, and so much so that he would have Christians arrested. He would have Christians killed. Saul was such a, an opponent of the Christian church until one day on a road to Damascus in Syria, right, he encountered Jesus, and it was this bright light, and, and this voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? When you're persecuting the Christians, you're persecuting me. This is Jesus. This is God. And, and Saul came out of that blind. And he was blind for several days, and, and so he got knocked down by God, right? Wow! And God sent a, a man named Ananias to go and to lay hands on Saul, and like these scaly things fell off from his eyes, and he could see again, which obviously symbolizes that before he encountered Jesus, he was blind to the truth, that Jesus is Lord, and, and now he has seen Jesus. And so uh, it's a rebirth, right? He got knocked down. Jesus helped him back up. And he's a new person. He started a, a new life. In fact, he started being known by a new name. He went from being Saul the persecutor to Paul the pastor. 
right? And so Paul, right, as Saul got knocked down, Jesus helped him back up, and he started a new life. And I think that was a big impetus for him to say, you know what? I've been knocked down before. God got me back up. I'm going to get knocked down again, this time not by God, but by others. And God's going to help me back up, right? Jesus helps me back up. Jesus helps me back up. Life knocks me down. Jesus helps me up. Life knocks me down. Jesus helps me back up. And it gives me new life. He gives me a new chapter in life. He gave me an entire new life. I was born again, right? Spiritually born again. And I think if we go back even further than that, when Jesus was on the earth, the Son of God, God himself, uh, a human being as well, that Jesus got knocked down. Right? He was betrayed by his friends. He was arrested for something he didn't do. He was tortured with whips and all that kind of stuff. And he had a crown of thorns thrust on his head. He was hung on a cross, nailed to a tree, and he died. And he had a spear stuck in his side. And then they threw him into a tomb. Right? He, he was knocked down dead. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. And he was born again, right? He had a new life. Life began for Jesus in a new way. And because of that, now you and I and all human beings have a chance to be made right with God. That when we do wrong things and we experience guilt and shame and death and separation from God, right? Jesus knocked all that out when he came back to life. When he got back up, he gives us a chance to receive new life. When we invite him to be our Lord and Savior, we confess our wrongdoing. We turn away from our life without Jesus and invite him to be our Lord and Savior. Then we get back up and we get new life and we can experience life to the full now. We can live forever in the kingdom of heaven. So that's what I think was the motivation for Paul when he was arrested and beaten and tortured and bitten by snakes and shipwrecked. And every time that he got knocked down, Jesus helped him back up and gives him new life, and gives him a new chapter in life, and gives him a new verse in life, and right, it's, it's, it's just, it's in our DNA as followers of Jesus to get back up. It's in our DNA as followers of Jesus to get back up, because Jesus is there to help us back up, and I think that's a, that's a powerful thing. I want to read to you one more passage from Paul, again in 2 Corinthians, this time we're going to be in chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, and and this is what Paul has to say to the first century, but I think he also is saying it to us. And I want you to hear this in your situation right now, where you've been knocked down, where you've fallen down, and, and, and the temptation is to stay down and not to get back up. I want, you to, I want you to hear these words from Paul from your perspective, knowing that Jesus is standing here to pick us all back up. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I love that last verse. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. Yes, Jesus died. Yes, I get knocked down. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Jesus got knocked down. He got back up. Saul got knocked down, Paul got back up. I get knocked down, I get back up when I put my hand up to Jesus. Right? And so that 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 is hope for me. Right? If, if if our heart's been broken and we're scared to love again because we might we might get hurt again, then that Jesus is with us and saying it's worth the risk. And, and you've got to put yourself out there. Right? If we've received a, a, a medical diagnosis that's bad news and, and we're in a bad state of health, right? We got to keep living our life 
And we can't let it define who we are. We've got to seize life to the full now. Jesus is going to still be with us and help us live life to the full, even if we have a medical condition that's holding us back. But if we're worried about remote school and all the stress that that, 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 that entails, that, that's, that's normal. That's to be expected. But Jesus says, stand back up. I'm going to help you through this. We're going to get through this together. Right? We figure that out in remote ministry. It's, it's, it's challenging to do remote ministry. It's not ideal. But we haven't given up on ministry, and God's doing powerful things through the ministry of this congregation. So if you're in a position right now and you've been knocked down, Jesus is ready to help you back up. Right? So what? So what's the point? What's the big idea today? Right? What's the, the advice to our young people who are starting school, who have been promoted in our church today? Right? Life is great, and life is good, and there are going to be some awesome moments in our lives. But, but sometimes we fall down, and sometimes we get knocked down. And, and when that happens... This is what I think is the good news. This is what I think the so what moment is, right? Life begins when we get back up, right? Life begins when we get back up to say, you know what? I'm not going to let you rob my joy. I'm not going to let you rob my, my meaning in my life because Jesus is with me, right? Life begins when we get back up, right? Just like Jesus got up out of the tomb, just like Saul got back up and became Paul, right? When we get knocked down, Jesus is ready to help pick us back up and and he gives us new life when we're converted, when we give our lives to Christ, right? We literally are born again, right? We move from sinner to winner, right? Because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And you not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I would invite you right now to do that, to say, God, I'm sorry for living life without you. And I believe in what you, what you did for me on the cross. Please forgive me and come in and give me life to the full, right? Jesus right, will give us that new life. And beyond that, in our everyday experiences, again, when our hearts are broken and we're struggling financially, we're struggling with our physical health, right? when we're struggling with remote learning, we're struggling with COVID and the deaths and all that's going on in our lives right now, then it's easy for us to give up and to lay down and say, I'm done. Or we can look to Jesus and, and take Jesus's hand and, and make something good out of it. We're, we're going to make school work. I'm going to live life to the full with this disease. I'm going to live life to the full. I'm going to I'm going to trust my heart to someone when the time is right again. Right when we get knocked down, we get back up. Right because life begins when we get back up. Maybe it's the new spiritual life born again, or, or maybe it's it's the, it's the new life, the new chapter that you need, the next verse that you need, and you're like the the slice of life in your life that needs to move forward. And so, you know, as I think about an application, what can we do from this is, right, if we've been knocked down, right, with Jesus's help, stand back up, right? With Jesus's help, get back up, right? With Jesus's help, get back up. Just like Saul and Paul, right? Just like Jesus, right? The same God, same Jesus is with us to help us get back up and to start living the next chapter in our life. Now, I haven't forgotten about Humpty Dumpty. Sorry it took a little while to get back to Humpty Dumpty, but so in the book, after the fall, Humpty Dumpty has been cracked, and actually the king's men were able to repair him in a hospital, and that happens in the book. But Humpty Dumpty says that they couldn't fix everything. They couldn't fix his new fear of heights. And we, we go to Humpty Dumpty's house, and... He, in his bedroom, has all these pictures of birds. He's a bird watcher. He's won awards for bird watching. And he's got this really tall loft bed with a ladder. And he's scared to climb up the ladder, so he sleeps on the floor. We go to the grocery store with Humpty Dumpty, and there's a whole wall of cereal. And there's a, a, a ladder that goes up, and it's a sliding ladder like you might find in a library somewhere. 
and all the good tasting cereal, all the sugary cereals up on top, and on the bottom it's just all the bran stuff, if you know what I mean, and the pruny kind of stuff, and Humpty Dumpty's favorite cereals are up on top of the ladder, but he won't climb up there. And so he has to eat the bran and eat the prunes. And so Humpty Dumpty probably spends a lot of time in the bathroom, but holding it back. Then he walks by the wall where he used to climb the ladder and go and look at the birds. And he's just so sad that he doesn't have the courage to get back up and go do that again. And so Humpty Dumpty is just sad. And, and, and then he, he decides when he sees like a paper airplane fly by, that, well, maybe that's something I can do. And so his new hobby is making paper airplanes and, it's hard for him at first. You see like all these crumpled up pieces of paper all over his room and he gets paper cuts and he just perseveres. And finally he's able to figure out how to make a really cool paper airplane. And he, he makes it look like this, this majestic bird. And he flies it around and the wind picks it up. And finally there's some joy restored in Humpty Dumpty's life. It's just a special moment until the wind gets his really cool paper airplane that looks like a bird and it takes it up and it lands at the top of the wall that he fell off of. And so Humpty Dumpty is faced with the decision of what he's going to do. And Humpty Dumpty has had enough of being knocked down and staying on the ground. And so he starts to climb the ladder. I didn't look up, I didn't look down, I just kept climbing one step at a time. Until I was no longer afraid. You can see him celebrating with his fists pumped up in the air and the birds are there and he's just so full of joy. He got back up. Maybe now you won't think of me as that egg who was famous for falling and his skin begins to crack and something begins to poke through it. Hopefully you'll remember me as the egg who got back up. Don't remember me as the egg who's famous for falling. Hopefully you'll remember me as the egg who got back up. The egg who got back up and learned to fly. So all along, Humpty Dumpty was a bird egg. And that's why he craved being around the birds. And when he faced his fear, when he got back up and he climbed up the ladder, he became what he was created to be, a bird, and he flew away. And so in your life, if you've fallen down, if you've been knocked down, if, if, you, if you feel broken and cracked and afraid to stand back up, then remember the story of Humpty Dumpty. Remember the story of Paul. Remember the story of Jesus. Life begins when we get back up. Life begins when we get back up. So with the help of Jesus, get back up. And like Humpty Dumpty, fly away. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.